As Christians, we have access to the same power that created the world, sustains the world, gives eternal life, and conquered sin and death once and for all. And yet we still try to rely on our own strength. In today's episode, we talk about the glory of God's power, how He gives it to us, and how we can plug into it every single day. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Have you ever accidentally plugged your iPad into your iPhone's charger? If so, then you know it charges really slowly. It still charges, but what would normally take a couple hours might take all day because you're plugged into the wrong thing. Unfortunately, we often do the same thing with ourselves. Instead of plugging into our ultimate power source, I'm talking about our almighty and faithful God, we plug into the wrong things. Advice we find on the internet from well-meaning yet mistaken friends, our own hearts. Everywhere, we forget where our power really comes from, and boy, do we pay the price. Now, you may have listened to my past couple episodes here on the Work is Good podcast, and I hope you have, where I shared what I like to call power principles for life and work. Each of those principles I strongly believe is pure gold, but just to be clear, Those principles are only powerful when we are connected to our ultimate power source, God himself. And I probably should have added a a disclaimer then, something like, warning not to be tried in your own strength. I was especially reminded of that this past week or the past couple of weeks when I've been down with the flu. I love how God gives reminders that we can't do anything without him, don't you? the flu. That will definitely do it. So in this episode, I'm going to encourage you and myself by examining and rejoicing in the power of God. We're going to see just how powerful and wonderful God is, and then how God graciously gives it to us, the same power, and then a few really practical ways we can make sure we're depending on God's power rather than our own in our day-to-day lives. And heads up, this episode is jam-packed with super encouraging scripture, so prepare for a major pick-me-up in the moments ahead. If you're ready to start a podcast of your own, let me just tell you that the right tools make all the difference. Go to workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast and you'll learn all about my podcasting tips, tools, and process, as well as get a link to use that gives you a $20 Amazon gift card in your second month of Buzzsprout hosting. You'll also help support the Work is Good podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Again, that's workingupward.com forward slash how I podcast. So just how powerful is our God? Listen as I read 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 12, for references to God's power and his strength and his might. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth 
is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. God is powerful, no doubt about it. Scripture is saturated with examples and revelation of His power. In the Old Testament, we see His power on the battlefield and in the plagues of Egypt. We see God set up kings and kingdoms and tear down kings and kingdoms. We see signs and wonders in both the Old and the New Testaments. We see His power in Christ who raised Lazarus from the dead, turned water into wine, fed thousands with a few loaves of bread, and in so many other signs and wonders. And we don't even have to have a Bible in our hands to know God is powerful. We can just look around his created world and see it. The first point I want to make here is that God is so powerful that he created the world with a word. Everything you see around you, people, mountains, oceans, trees, flowers, animals, everything God spoke into existence. He didn't spend years and years slaving on his design. He simply said it. Let there be light. And there was light. That's how powerful our God is. Romans 1.20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. And Jeremiah 32, 17, ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. But wait, there's more. God is so powerful that not only did he create the world with his power, He sustains the world with his power. Now, as I mentioned just a bit ago, I'll be reading several passages of scripture in this episode because as I'll talk about a little bit later, there is tremendous power in the word of God itself. And as I do this, I want you to be listening for the word power and its synonyms like might and strength and references to standing firm or to Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, because that is a place or position of power. I'd also like you to listen to references to the glory of God, because so often in scripture, the glory of God is mentioned very close, often in the same verse as the power of God. So we know that those two are strongly connected. So again, that is um, listening for the words might and strength and power, standing firm, Jesus at the right hand of God, and references to the glory of God. Okay, sound good? Here we go. In Hebrews 1.3, we read, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And in Acts 17.28, For in Him we live and move and have our being. Not only did God create the world, he sustains the world. He is indeed our ultimate power source. Okay, point number three, God is so powerful, he defeated death and Satan. His power is most beautifully displayed in the cross. 
Christ looked weak to those standing around the cross the day they crucified him. He was barely recognizable as a man. He was broken and beaten, yet he was actually winning the greatest battle of all, the battle of good and evil. He was crushing Satan. He took our sin upon himself and thereby made salvation possible for all who believe. He bridged the gap between sinful mankind and our holy God. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again, victorious. He is the resurrection and the life. He broke the power of sin and death forever. 2 Timothy 1.10 says, Our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And Revelation 1, 17 through 18 says, Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. And Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Now here comes the really, really good part. And just when you think it can't get any better, God offers us, his children, this same power we see displayed in scripture and all around us. In fact, he expects us to rely on his power in our daily life. Paul opens the book of Ephesians telling the church that he is constantly thanking God for them and praying for them. And he's praying for them to know three things. Number one, the hope to which God has called them. Number two, the riches of God's inheritance. And number three, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward those who believe. In chapter one, verse 19, he describes that power as being according to the same power God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heaven. Here, let me read that to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Are you just amazed at the power of God right now or not? Are you humbled and thrilled that he will give the same power to you for your daily life and your work? Are you encouraged and motivated to seek his power rather than your own? It's truly my prayer that by listening to this podcast, you will be encouraged and reminded to rely on God's power alone for work and life. Are you enjoying the Work is Good podcast? If this episode is helping you think deeper, look upward, and keep moving forward, please pay it forward by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review. Subscribing in your preferred podcast app means you catch my bonus episodes and your review helps other women discover and enjoy this podcast too. Participating in both these ways plays an extremely valuable role in supporting the Work is Good podcast and is the best way to say thank you. Now let's talk for a minute about what relying on God's power looks like for us. 
What can we expect when we live and work through the power God supplies rather than our own strength? First, we can expect our strength to be constantly renewed. Psalm 84 in verses 5 and 7 tell us, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. This also reminds me of the hymn Day by Day by Carolina Sandel Berg. Listen for the reverence to God's power in this particular stanza. Every day the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he fain would bear and cheer me, he whose name is counselor and power. The protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As thy days, thy strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me he made. One of my very favorite hymns for obvious reasons, I love the reverence to Jesus being not only our counselor, but also our power. And I also love the reminder that God has promised his strength to match exactly what we need for each day. Now, what else can we expect when we rely on God's power rather than our own? Number two, we can expect peace like never before. No more striving and hoping and struggling and no more feeling like a failure. You are resting in God's power, not your own. And you you know that you're much better off that way. Philippians 4, 7 teaches us that God's peace actually guards or protects our hearts and our minds. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Not maybe, not perhaps, not if you're good enough or you do this right or that right. It says it, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is definitely power in God's peace. And number three, the third way that we can um, expect, or the third way that we see the effects of God's power in our life is we can expect freedom to focus on the known task and not the unknown result. You're trusting God with the result, remember, so all you need to do is focus on those things you know for sure God wants you to do and trust that he won't put anything on your shoulders that you aren't able to accomplish in his strength. So all of this begs a simple question. How does God give us this power and how can we access it on a daily basis? Well, I'm so glad you asked because the answer is more simple than you might think. God is not dangling his power out of reach and he doesn't play games. Here are three ways we receive power from God. Number one, we receive God's power through the Holy Spirit and also for a specific purpose. I could do an entire episode on power from the Holy Spirit, but for today, I'm keeping it short and sweet with two references, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But that power wasn't just for the disciples and their unique ministry. It's for all of us. Paul writes to the Ephesians in chapter 3 and verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
The second way we receive God's power is when we put on the armor of God. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and remember, I want you to listen for those words that indicate power. In Ephesians 6, we start reading about the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So let's take a quick inventory of this armor, shall we? First, we see the belt of truth. This reminds us that we are to think truth and speak truth. This is a direct attack against Satan, who is the father of lies. And then we see the breastplate of righteousness. At the moment of our salvation, Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. We are clothed in his righteousness. Satan will try to discourage you by bringing up your sin and mistakes so you forget what God really sees when he looks on you. He sees that you are righteous through Christ and his work on the cross. Then we see the gospel of peace. We need to always be ready to share the gospel or the good news with others. We aren't playing defense. We're playing offense here. Our feet should always be ready to go, and we're always ready to share. Then we see the shield of faith, and this is remembering that our faith comes from God and Jesus himself, and that he is the author and finisher of our faith, according to Hebrews 12.2, which says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Our faith is like a shield in our battle against evil. And then we see the helmet of salvation. Fully comprehending and delighting in our salvation protects our minds from dangerous thoughts and a deceptive, temporary, earthly perspective. Rather, we need to have the eternal perspective that comes from knowing our souls are saved forever and we have eternal life. Matthew 10, 28 tells us, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And what that is reminding us of is that our souls are eternal. Our body is temporary. And um, we need to, when we live that way, in light of our eternal salvation, we are protecting ourselves. We have a special defense against the danger that comes with a temporary and um, earthly perspective. And then we see the sword of the spirit. 
This is the word of God, and there's no greater weapon than this. Remember, this is the weapon we see Jesus using over and over again when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Every time you read scripture or memorize scripture or think about it, you are learning effective swordplay for the battles you face here on earth. And then we see prayer, last but definitely not least. Uh, In Mark 9, we read the account of a boy possessed by a demon, and the disciples were unable to cast it out of the boy. And even though they were given the power from God to do signs and wonders to carry out their mission, but Jesus was able to cast out the demon. So when the disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't do it, do you know what Jesus said to them? It's such a testament to the power of prayer. He said, this kind can come out only by prayer. This reminds me of an old quote by William Cooper, known both for his secular poetry and his sacred hymns. You'll love this quote. Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. What amazing imagery there reminding us of what is really happening when we pray and how God's power is actually perfected in our weakness. Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. And uh, James 5, 5.16 is also a reminder to us of the power of prayer. Um, it says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay, number three, the third way that God gives us his power He gives us his power when we abide in him. In John 15, we read, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. No need to overthink the word abiding here. Abiding in Christ means to have an ongoing daily relationship with him. Through reading his word, through meditating on his word, through prayer, and through obedience. It is simply intentionally living aware of his presence. So let's review the three ways God gives us his power. First, he gives it to us through the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit the day of our conversion, the day of our salvation. As soon as we repent and believe, His Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. Second, He gives His power to us through the armor of God. And third, He gives us His power when we abide in Christ. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I trust that it was encouraging for you and a needful reminder that we can't do anything, at least the right way, in our own strength. We need Jesus. Okay, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Immediately after this episode, take five minutes to thank God for his power in creation, salvation, and your sanctification, and then tell him how much you need him every day and every minute. Ask him to help you rely on his power alone. 
Thanks for listening to the Work is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.